I love New Year. And although we're in the second month of the UK calendar, as the Kiong so brilliantly reminded us earlier, for our Brummy Chinese friends, you get to celebrate New Year a second time starting this Friday. So from me and from the whole of Church Central South, uh, happy Chinese New Year to all of you. Now, even for our non-Chinese friends, uh, though, it's fitting to still be talking about New Year uh, in February because, let's face it, New Year has been something of a drawn-out process this year, hasn't it? New Year is a time of transition uh, where we move from one year to the next. And behind it is this kind of idea, I guess, of, of turning a page. Uh, not just turning a page in our calendar, but moving on from what's gone before and stepping into something new. That's not really happened for us in 2021, has it? Sadly, we're not going to have any of that kind of something new, I guess, for at least another month as well. So while we're sitting in this rather kind of stretched out period of transition, uh, I'd like us to think about transitions generally this morning. What's a transition? Well, a transition is a time of change. I guess it's uh, a time of change, usually in your circumstances or your situation. It speaks of development, of new challenges, of new seasons, even of new chapters in your life. So we might use uh, any of those images. Now, today I'd like to think about some of the different transitions that are happening around us at the moment. And then I'd like to look at a, a slightly different type of transition uh, that the Bible gives us as a model too. And as you'll see, uh, like I said, this is a different one because whereas transitions are usually changes to our circumstances, the Bible talks about a, a transition in our very selves. I think we could put it more accurately as a, as a transformation. Now, whether you're someone who thrives uh, in times of transition or you hate those times, to be a Christian is to be someone who knows what it's like to make these very dramatic changes and turnarounds and transitions in our own lives. Both in our pasts, yes, but also to be prepared to make those kind of uh, sharp left turns again all through our lives if, if, uh, if we need to. My basic point today, I guess, is going to be to successfully navigate these times of transition that we live in. We would be wise to take account of this other kind of transition, the Bible's idea of personal transformation and seek to embrace it in different areas of our lives. And at the end, what I'm going to ask you to do, just as a heads up, is uh, to commit yourself to that type of transition, to make some sort of clean break, even now while you're watching uh, this video with the past, and step into a totally new way of living. And actually, not just that you're doing that, but to know God's power helping you to change uh, in that way, uh, in yourself, in the midst of these changing circumstances. For some of you, this will be something you've never done before in this way. And I'm going to give you the opportunity in about 20 minutes to become a Christian today. Fathers, uh, you may well know what it's like to follow Jesus, but I'm going to ask you to respond to and uh, ask you to consider whether there are radical about turns that you need to make in your life at the moment as well. So to kick off, I, I want to give you a chance to pray and just really consider, are you up for that sort of challenge this morning? We all know change is hard and it's something we've had to get very used to over the last year. And for all of us, it's been exhausting. But the changes that I'm going to be encouraging you towards today are not the product of like market forces. They're not even caused by a, a virus. 
No, they're being offered to us by the one who made all things and who sent his son to die for us because he loved us that much. So before we go any further, I want to give you a chance to talk to him. If you know him already, why don't you just spend this next few seconds telling him, yeah, I, I want to listen to you. I want to listen to what you've got to say. I want you to challenge me, God. Like Samuel said in the Old Testament, maybe your prayer could be, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Over to you. Now, if you don't know Jesus, if you're not a Christian or you're not sure that you are, why not consider this? If this Christian stuff is all true, if there is a God and he shows his character most truthfully in the person of Jesus dying on a cross for us, couldn't he be trusted with your life? Even if it means making huge changes, the type of changes I'm going to talk about in this talk. Why not come to him and talk to him? Maybe it's the first time you've done this, but express your questions and your concerns to him. And ask him that if he's who the Bible says he is, would he come to you and help you receive what he wants you to hear today? Over to you. Lord Jesus, I pray for all of us uh, today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be helping us to hear your word. I pray in all that we're talking about today, in the strange times we live in, in the changes that are going on around us, uh, that we would come to you and know you change us from the inside out uh, for our flourishing and for the flourishing of those around us and for your glory, Lord. Amen. So let's get on with it then, shall we? Let's uh, start by thinking about the kind of transitions that we're living through at the moment. Now, first and most obviously, uh, there is a transition going on in our society. What we're going through at the moment is certainly just not just a normal kind of New Year sort of transition. No, we're living in a time of change and it's going to trigger an even more significant time of change on the horizon, I would imagine. Society is always evolving and the values and practices of a culture subtly shift as time goes on. But one of the things that causes those shifts to accelerate is a major crisis. Consider the last century, the 20th century. Uh, the two uh, events that triggered the most accelerated change in the 20th century surely were the, the two world wars. Um, on the 14th of December 1918, uh, just a month after the end of the First World War, uh, women voted in a British election for the first time. That was a pretty big change, and it was certainly uh, accelerated by the events of the First World War. World War II is perhaps known more for its effect in the area of technology. To aid the war effort on uh, both sides, there were, were massive innovations uh, brought forward, uh, from, I guess, the, uh, the mass distribution of penicillin uh, to the invention of the handheld torch to uh, the production of what many consider to be the first ever computer. Now, again, those things led to huge changes, changes we obviously are feeling today still. That's not like those changes came completely out of the blue, but crises do have this habit of speeding up changes that are already in motion. And undoubtedly, the coronavirus pandemic will be much of the same. Now, listen, I'm not saying that COVID is like a world war. I'm not saying those things are the same. I'm just saying that they surely are in the same category. 
coronavirus pandemic will be something your great grandkids learn about uh, in school. This is a major crisis, not just in our country, but across the world. So it will uh, bring a time of heightened transition and change, not just for us now, of course, but in the aftermath of lockdown and vaccines and all of that sort of stuff. Now, we can probably guess what some of those changes uh, might be. I mean, I don't know what you what you think is around the corner. More working from home, I imagine. More reliance on technology. Changes to healthcare, to education. Maybe people moving away from the cities. L- listen, there's all sorts of things that people are predicting. But we can be guaranteed as well. There'll be loads of surprises in the next season as well. And we're going to have to adapt to that. If you like, a, a page is being turned. The page from the chapter that was a life before COVID to a new chapter. Uh, life after COVID. And we're going through a definite transition. But for most of us listening, there is another transition going on at this time that in one sense uh, is totally unrelated to COVID. And that's the, the transition that's not just happening in our society, it's the transition that's happening in our church. Exactly, almost exactly a year ago, uh, we changed as Church Central from being one church Uh, with three sites to being three separate churches, Church Central West, Church Central North, and us as Church Central South. And this has brought changes to us and there will be more to come. And one of the most exciting of those changes has been the emergence of a fourth uh, Church Central, Church Central East, a new site that um, Tim and Liz are pioneering uh, with others uh, and some of you guys uh, in the east of our city. But 2021 is the start of a new chapter for Church Central in probably a slightly more profound way, too. Over a decade ago, God spoke to the leaders of this church uh, reasonably powerfully uh, and encouraged us to plan for, for to be four churches or four sites by 2020. Some of you will know that story. And that's been something that many of us have been living for for living with for over a decade and you know what sitting here at the beginning of 2021 you never guess God has graciously allowed us to see that happen by the end of 2020 we have become as I've said uh, church central and east north south west four just as we felt God speaking to us about all those years ago I want to encourage you to pause on this if you haven't done this already. I've been doing this regularly recently because we've got to remember and clock what God's doing. This was not an easy vision to take on in the late noughties. We didn't have a load of models for this, really. We weren't entirely clear how this could happen, but we felt God speaking to us about it. And he's done it. That's amazing. I'd encourage you to celebrate his faithfulness. And how he's, all, he's allowed us all to play our different parts uh, in, in getting us to that point. But you might be asking them, well, OK, then that chapter's done. Now what? What's our plan for the next 10 years, for the next 20 years, for the next 50 years? Well, you know what? If you're asking that question, you're in good company because so am I. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so all the leaders uh, in, in Church Central South, um, as leaders, we've got some ideas But we're seeking God for his direction again. We're in a time of transition. The four sites by 2020 chapter, that's been turned. And we're in a new chapter as a church. So just as our Chinese friends who are living in the UK get this sort of elongated new year between 
the UK New Year and the Chinese New Year, we too are living in this extended time of transition, looking back on what's gone before and wondering what's coming next and how things are going to be different. So the question looms, how will we successfully navigate these transitions? Well, I suggest that as the circumstances around us change, we need to seek active and radical change in ourselves. In times of transition, we need to take steps towards transformation. So what does this other type of change, this transformation look like? Well, Paul talks about it in Romans chapter six, uh, verses one to four. I'll read it for, for you. What should we say then? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. What's going on here? Well, Paul is writing to a group of Christians, Christians in Rome, and he's reminding them of the change they went through when they came to follow Jesus for the first time. And it was a much more radical change than buying a stand up desk in your lounge. His point is that being a Christian involves dying and coming back to life again as a new person. <laughs> I can't think of a more extreme image of transition. Different images are used in the Bible uh, for this in other places. Paul elsewhere puts it slightly differently. He writes in 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Jesus himself put it slightly differently. He said that to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Can you see what all these images have in common? They're not talking about adapting to new conditions. No, this is being changed at your very core so that your entire value system and way of living is transformed. It's moving from darkness to light, from night to day, from death to life. And notice the illustration that Paul gives us. It's a strange one. It's the act of baptism. Verse three, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now, I guess most of us would have some understanding of what baptism is, but our reference points may well be quite different. But I guess for many of us, the idea that baptism is baptism into death does seem slightly jarring. So let's get us up to speed. Baptism 101. Ready? Let's go. What is baptism? <laughs> baptism is the initiation ceremony of Christianity. It is the public event that marks the beginning of someone's Christian life. However, in the act of baptism itself, as Paul states, it's not just a beginning. It's also an end too, a, a quite dramatic end, actually. Now, the way we as Church Central South practice baptism is uh, not by sprinkling water on, a, on someone's head. No, it, it seems to be from passages like this. This is the way the early church did it, too, was we would get somebody uh, and we would maybe in a swimming pool or a large body of water of some sort. We would dunk them right under the water. We would completely immerse them. And what's going on there? Well, as they're under the water, what is being acted out? is a death. 
The baptism service is, in a way, a funeral service. As someone goes under the water, they join Christ in his death. The water is like a tomb, a grave. As Paul says, we are baptised into death. The, the death of who we were and how we've lived our life up to that point. And then, as we are pulled out of the water, it is like we are rising again to new life as Jesus rose again to new life. Verse four, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. As Paul points out in baptism, someone acts out this radical transition and change, this transformation. Now, just to just to be real about this, uh, life as a Christian doesn't always move forward in this jerky death life sort of way. Usually we change and adapt to circumstances much more smoothly as we go along. But whenever we see a baptism, we need to remember that at the root of our identity as Christians, radical change is involved, not just subtle transition. For those of you who are listening who aren't Christians, that's what becoming a Christian is. It's dying to your old way of living to a life where you were in charge, where you called the shots, where you got the final say on decisions. And it's accepting a new life in Jesus, where you commit to follow him, where you are prepared to say, Jesus is in charge now. I now live for him, not for myself. It isn't like a change of calendars. It isn't even like the accelerated changes caused by crises. Now, this isn't, really a change of chapters at all this is like changing an entirely uh, different to an entirely different book and in a minute I'd love to give some of you the chance to respond and start that new book today but wait 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 for the rest of you before you go and put your kettle on or start making your lunch I want to apply this more broadly to you guys too a little bit later in Romans 6 listen to how Paul continues verses 11 to 13 in the same way Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Sounds like a strange thing to write. You, you might want to reply to Paul. Wait a minute. If I've died, I've died. I don't need to count myself dead. You don't say to a corpse, Oi, corpse, count yourself dead, do you? The corpse kind of knows it or doesn't know it. That's the point of a corpse, isn't it? Let's move on. Um, but what Paul is saying is this. Throughout our Christian lives, we don't need just to remember that once we made this radical change to follow Christ... Actually, we need to be ready to continue making those radical changes if we ever notice our old selves creeping up on us again. I want to ask you, are there sins that you have allowed again to take root in your life? Might be uh, during lockdown this has happened. There might be all sorts of reasons for it in the boredom, in the grief even, in the anxiety, in the loneliness or the pressure of lockdown, you've started to reintroduce some of those sins that you died to when you became a Christian back into your life. Now, if that's you, I've got some good news and some bad news for you. The good news is you don't need to become a Christian again. <laughs> you don't need to get baptised again. That's the good news. But the not so good news is that actually you can't fix this 
with some tweaks or small adaptations. No, you've got to die to those things again. As Paul later writes in Romans, if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You've got to clear the decks. You've got to root it out. Do not try to transition sin out of your life. No, cut it off in the power of the Holy Spirit. So with all this in mind, before I give an opportunity for you to respond to this message, I want to announce a new aspect of our online uh, Church Centre of South meetings that we're going to be introducing uh, in the next few weeks. Now, next week, just so you know, we're going to uh, start preaching through a book of the Bible again, which we haven't done uh, for the beginning of this year. Uh, We're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians for the next while. It's going to be great. And as we do that, we're also going to bring back some of the features of our online services that we were doing before Christmas. 60 second sermons, some liturgies, interviews, all of that sort of stuff. But we are also planning to have uh, another element into those services, which is we want to have a baptism in as many of our online services as possible. As we navigate these times of transition in our society and in our church, we want to put in front of you every week, if we can, the different type of change that Jesus requires in all of us. The radical break, the about turn, the death to life sort of transition. And we want to do it as we celebrate with people who want to start their Christian journeys in our church family. Now, before landing this, uh, I think I probably need to address possible couple of objections that some may give and there's an obvious one that might be in your mind you might think what we are baptizing people in a national lockdown how does that work well firstly just to reassure you uh this is all above board this is completely legal uh the government have specifically said that churches can baptize people at this time And on top of that, uh, we're making every preparation to ensure that we can meet government guidelines in these uh, the way we do our baptisms. Don't don't worry about that. Um, We haven't quite sorted every detail out yet, but our plan at the moment is that what we're going to do is uh, do the baptisms in Central House. We borrowed a baptism pool and we'll do the actual baptisms behind closed doors with a very limited number of people. But what we'll do is we'll video them and we'll play them in our services one uh, each week. Um, Each time giving the person a chance also to tell us their story as well. What led them to want to get baptised? Now, the great news is we've got three people already booked in to get baptised on the 13th of February. uh, And we'd love it if we could add some of you guys listening today to that number and baptise them, whether it's on that same day or a little bit later. We can do do that, too. But with all that said, though. You might still ask, well, why now? Why don't we just wait for a a couple of months? Seems a bit dramatic to pull this out of the the hat now. (laughs) But to that, I think I'd reply by saying we're making this call because of the importance of baptism. And here, I guess, is where I move into the final application of this talk. In Acts chapter 8, there's a story about Philip, one of the early uh, leaders in the church, who uh, meets a man on a desert road and he, he talks to him about the good news of Jesus. And the conversation ends with the man accepting the good news of Jesus and believing in Jesus. I guess for many of us on that road, we should stop there and go, yes, fantastic. Someone's become a Christian. Brilliant. Wonderful. And that'd be that. But for Philip, that wasn't enough. As they were walking along, they came to walk alongside a body of water and Philip baptised the man. Now, 
There's lots we can learn from this story. But one takeaway surely is that baptism is important. He, he didn't delay. He did it right then. And as we want to apply this as a church, by even baptizing people in this time, I don't want to apply that to you, too, as you're listening. I want to ask you the question. Do you need to get baptized? Maybe today you want to acknowledge uh, that you want to die to your old way of life and step into a new life following Jesus. You want to become a Christian. And in a moment, as I said at the start, I'm going to give you a chance to tell, to talk to God about that and to make that decision with him. And then on the back of that, please, can you tell us? <laughs> and we'd love to baptise you. It could be, though, for whatever reason that you chose to follow Jesus a long time ago, but you haven't ever been baptised. Well, my encouragement, don't delay. This is really important. Let's put that right, shall we? We love to baptise you. And if we want to do that on the 13th of February, get hold of us right now. If it's going to be slightly after, that's fine. But we'd love to include you in one of these baptism services over the next term. But let's ask one more question, applying the other part of this message before we close. As I said, baptism reminds us of the radical transitions that we're called to at times as Christians. I know that many of you have already been baptised and you've said, look, this is how I want to live. Well, right now I'm calling you to live that out, to count yourself dead to sin and alive to God again, to draw on the power that raised Jesus from the dead to walk in newness of life. I want to ask you, do you need to die to some things again? Now, the Holy Spirit is more than capable of putting his finger uh, on different specific things right now, but I don't think it hurts to suggest some options and this is by no means an exhaustive list, but it could be that some of these things are, you, are for you. Do you need to stop getting drunk to get through lockdown? Do you need to die to the way that you're using social media? Do you need to kill those apps off your phone? Maybe they're gambling apps. Maybe they're hookup apps like Tinder or Grindr or something like that. Do they need to be cut off your phone? Do you need to die to pornography again in your life? As Paul tells the Roman Christians, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And please understand that when these words come to us from the Bible, they are not the words of a strict headmaster or a mean-spirited killjoy. These are the words of the living God. The one who knows exactly what things will make you flourish and what things will destroy you. And the one who loved you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. And who gives you his Holy Spirit. And who gives you his church to help you to change in these areas. Listen to him. Follow him. Obey him. Lean on him. Trust him. So let's talk to him, shall we? For those of you who like to become a Christian. In a second, I'm going to shut up. And a, uh, screen, uh, a slide will come up with a, with a suggested prayer that you, you could pray. There's no formula here. My encouragement would be just speak from the heart to God. But just say to him, God, I, I want to die to the old me. I'm so sorry for those things. I want to live for you. Would you please help me? Would you please come to me? Jesus, I believe in you. I accept your salvation. Just speak to him from your heart. He can hear you. And for those others of you, I just encourage you to, to say sorry. Say sorry for those things and say, God, I want to change. I want to die to those things. Help me. 
I want to pray for us and then I'll leave you to pray. Lord Jesus, it's a strange thing to pray into a camera, but I know that you hear me. and I know that you can act on everybody who's watching this. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you tenderly and graciously lead us into this new, wonderful life that Jesus spoke of and that Paul spoke of in this passage? Please help us to change, not just in our own strength, but would you transform us and would you help us to be able to more robustly uh, cope with these times of change around us? Over to you guys. Let's finish by responding all together uh, by singing this song Joel's going to lead us into.